Okay, at this time, uh, we're blessed to have our first message of the day, brought to us by Mr. David Hope, entitled Gratitude and Kindness. Good afternoon, everyone. Good, good to see everyone. You see me panting, it's because I lost, I gained some weight, and every time I gain weight, I get a little sort winded. I bought a new pair of pants uh, here a couple of weeks ago because uh, my others don't fit anymore. So, anyway, but I do that in the wintertime. Good to see everyone here today. It's a blessing day, and, and uh, I don't see the people on, on the screen up there on the TV monitor, whatever it is, but we hope everything is going well for all of you people. And we get started. In the light of the Passover, which most of us real, realize and understand, it's probably about five and a half weeks off. And I'm trying to be more aware of my behavior to other people in the light of how I handle situations with them. And if it were Jesus, what would I do differently? What would I say differently? like the old bracelet people used to wear WWJD, what would Jesus do? So getting ready for Passover this year, I am started probably back in the summertime because it takes me a long time to overcome problems. But uh, many times I do find myself coming up short on some of my goals, some of the things I like to do and change, and I'm sure some of you do. Paul. The Apostle Paul seemed to have had some type of a problem, too. So we're in good company. Too many times, uh, one of the things I want to overcome, too, but too many times I, I view problems as in a very negative point of view, way, way more than what they should. And two things I want to spend time on today, which is in the title, uh, gratitude and kindness. Gratitude, as most of us know, it's a form of godly, a form of uh, thankfulness. You know, thankfulness for something people, someone's done for us or said, or, or just things that not as bad as it could have been. So, if you turn with me in, in James, first chapter, verse one through four, just get us a head start in the Bible. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. So even at that time, in early New Testament days, uh, the, the tribes of Israel were pretty well known to most of the people at that time. My brethren, count, verse 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, and I've read this before and I've commented to you, it's awfully hard to count it joy sometimes when you're having a problem. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. And like the person said, God, give me patience now. <laughs> you know, I want it right now. But anyway, but let patience have a perfect work that you may be or perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Turn over briefly to uh, Philippians 4, chapter, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. 
Let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. So God knows what's going on in our life. Be careful for nothing, for in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. So many times we fail, and I do, I have in the past. I try to be more thankful now than what I have been, just realizing that lack of gratitude is, is a problem. But anyway, prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known. So if we're begging God for something, you know, it always helps to say, God, I really appreciate what you've done, the good things in my life. I've kind of adopted the uh, philosophy here lately that when things are bad, I now tell myself it is bad, but it could have been a lot worse. I think a lot of you can identify in some cases how things, bad things, could have been worse. So, you know, the gratitude of coming out of that is, I'm sure glad it wasn't that way. There's several things, and I'm going to mention a few things in, in my past. This past summer, I was driving my work van going down 129th, and, and, uh, all of a sudden, it just quit. There's no spitting, no sputter, no nothing. It just absolutely just dead quit. Power steering doesn't work anymore. Your power brakes don't work anymore. And fortunately, there was a turnoff about a block up there, and I was able to coast up there. And it was a good uh, four-lane road going into uh, not an industrial area, but an uh, uh, office complex in there. Had a shoulder to get on. And it was hot. Man, it was hot. It was, you know how hot last summer was up in the hundreds, 100 plus. And uh, anyway, but uh, I crawled under the thing, and I thought, well, maybe the fuel filter went bad on it or something. And I called my wife and had her to come out. And we went to the parts store and bought a fuel filter. And it was just so hot. I was getting sick. I called AAA and they they drove they come and took me in my van to the house, but the thing that I want to bring out that it could have been so much worse. There'd been a couple of miles further down the road. It was a two-lane road. There was no shoulder. Couldn't get under it. You know, it, it was just so so bad. That's a simple thing. You know, a simple thing. What I'm saying, but it a bad thing that it quit and I was stranded. But it could have been so much worse. Back in the early 1960s, I didn't have this attitude. When things happened bad, I just thought it was bad. And I was working for this one company, my first job in Tulsa, and I was working for them for a year and a half, expecting our second baby. And coming up on the 4th of July week, it wasn't actually weekend, 4th of July I think was on Thursday that week, and uh, on Friday, we went back to work. I was working the night shift from 3.30 to midnight. I went to get my time card and put it in the clock and punch in, and there was no time card. Sometimes men would hide each other's cards, you know, make them look for it. So anyway, I couldn't find it, so I went to the office to get my card, and they told me they didn't need me anymore. 
And I thought, why? You know, we're busy, you know. And I had a, a you know, pretty uh, a responsible job, dangerous jobs, I mentioned once before. But uh, anyway, but uh, I thought that was really bad, you know. Here, I'm going to have a baby, and, you know, this was in July, on uh, July the 5th when we went back to work, and I couldn't look for a job on the weekend because everything was closed. And uh, insurance, you know, was going to be canceled. I was going to have to pay for the baby all by myself. But the thing is, it ended up being a blessing. You know, the crisis in my life was a blessing. I ended up working for that company for seven years, and a very, very, very good company. I got a lot of experience there. But uh, my attitude was very, very negative at first, and I didn't... Uh, I don't think I had the faith that, that God's going to take care of me like like I do now. Two years ago this month, you know, most of us remember the uh, ice storm that we had. And uh, I went out, it was at nighttime one night you know, during the ice storm, check on something in my work van. And I had uh, snow melt and all that all the way from the uh, uh, front porch all the way to the side door of my van, but when I got out there, there were red lights blinking. A fire truck was out there, and an ambulance was out there too, and uh, they were fixing to take one of my neighbors to the hospital. And uh, anyway, uh, I couldn't see who they were loading in, so I went up in front of my van to, to look around one of the firemen, and just all of a sudden. Uh, I think an unseen gorilla just grabbed me and slammed me to the concrete. And uh, some of the uh, firemen grabbed a hold of my arms and drug me off of the sidewalk because, you know, there was no traction there and I couldn't. And uh, But anyway, long story short, they uh, broke my shoulder. And, and three weeks later, my wife broke her shoulder. She fell. The other one. But uh, my point is, the gratitude that I had from that point on could have been so much worse, so much worse. I could have hit my head on the van and, and uh, you know, either had a concussion or killed me. And, and I know people that have fallen, hit on their concrete and, and, and died, you know, right on the spot. So it was so, so much better than what it could have been. And I just kept thinking, why? Didn't I just wait 10 minutes in the room? Ambulance would have been out there, but you know it didn't happen that way. But no matter how bad things can get, sometimes it could be a lot worse. And I don't know if this is a pull yourself up by your bootstraps message or what, but uh, uh, you know sometimes we lack the gratitude of, of, of the blessings that God has given us. And uh, you know falling and hurting myself wasn't good. But it was good. I think God was really looking out for me in case, instead of my ignorance. Anyway, like I said, um, now I'm beginning to look on the brighter side of things. There's an old gospel song a long time ago, uh, look on the brighter side, and I'm not going to try to sing it to you, but anyway, that uh, I know that there are people in our audience, people... Uh, listening in that have some very, very serious problems, very serious problems. 
And right now, I don't, I don't know how to address those. You know, I've not experienced some of the problems that people have had in here. But, uh, you know, so I can't just, you know, get on the bandwagon and say, pull yourself up. But I know God's there, and, and you know God's there. And this is a, a, a scripture I think a lot of you go, uh, people that go by right now. Philippians 4 chapter, verse 8. Oh, I'm sorry, verse, I go. Yeah, verse 8, I'm sorry. I'd, I'd see if I read the other part there. Finally, brethren, and most, and we've heard these many a time, but I think a lot of you, what I've talked to, uh, are, are practicing this in their own lives, and it's a good example for us. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. My wife and I have to remind each other that because when we see the things in the world, we see things that's happened to family members and other things that, you know, we could be drugged down mentally and emotionally by those things and we just have to practice the gratitude and look and, and think things. Well, things could be a lot worse and they may get a lot worse. And given gratitude, I've, this, I've had probably the la last two years I've had a couple of uh, funerals that I've been asked to provide over. Two years ago, one of my grandsons uh, passed away unexpectedly. My son asked me to perform that. And then here a few months ago, one of my brothers-in-law, my sister's husband, passed, and they asked me to give a message, I mean, to preside over it. And the thing is, I may have made some mad, but uh, the good thing is that there were a lot of people there that were not aware of the, some of the scriptures that we have, you know, about the future, about the dead. I gave a message of hope. You know, yes, it's bad that they're dead and they're gone. We miss them, but they're not burning in hell like a lot of people thought. Some people really thought that these people, since they're not as church going as we are, they're not as good as I am, they're, they're down there in hell. You know, there's many doctrines along that line. And uh, anyway, but uh, I had people that were even Catholic, and you know what the Catholic religion is. And, uh, but anyway, they had, they received a message of hope, of gratitude, and very thankful, even though they're not going to get see them right now, but they understand and realize that they'll get to see them in the future. Now about this kindness thing. To me, it takes a lot of practice to, to change anything. I have to be aware of it. And I'm not, I didn't grow up naturally as a, as a kind person. And, and uh, some people may even think now I'm not real kind, but uh, try to be. But uh, I must learn this, and it's one of the things before I pass over this year, I'm, look, I'm working on myself, and, and, uh, and my wife is too, but um, 
one reason I, that I believe I need to do that is from Matthew 25, verse 31 through 42. And I'll read it. It's familiar with most of us. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from his goats. I hope I'm a sheep. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, and but the goats on his left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come you, and blessed, come you, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. So our destiny was planned, or at least for mankind, before they even created the earth. Verse 35, For I was hungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous, verse 37, then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry? And sometimes I wonder that too. Sometimes I pass opportunity. And fed you, or thirsty, and gave you drink. When we saw you, a stranger, and took you in, or naked, and clothed you. Or when did we see you sick, or in prison, and came unto you? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Insomuch as you have done it unto the least of these my brethren, you have done it to me. Some people think, well, that's just the church people he's talking about, but other, other scriptures show that a lot of people is his brethren, not just that. And I'm going to take the time to put, read the other scriptures. But it, it but when we've done it to the people that we think it's not high class, not up on a certain standard, when we do it to, to the least, we've done it to Jesus himself. And the other part of the story is that the ones that uh, uh, did do that. But anyway, um, uh, when we do it to the least of those, one way to be kind it's difficult for me for telephone uh, solicitors. You ever have a problem with telephone solicitors wanting to sell you something, wanting you need to give uh, offerings or, or sign your check away or something? Some of them are very persistent. And it's hard for me to say, how would I treat this guy if this was Jesus? Would Jesus be this persistent? You know, and... Uh, we get these calls all the time, and I'm working on this, and I've been working on this part for a few years, trying to, to trying to not blow my cool. I used to, anyway. Get, uh, some are very persistent and take a lot of effort to be kind to. Take, it's hard to be kind to them, but I realize, you know, this is their job. They're paid. Some of them may may be uh, working two or three jobs, trying to make ends meet. And then for me to cut them off and to be rude to them, be nasty to them, to make them think that, uh, you know, they're an evil person or maybe 
if I have a complaint, the cable goes out or something, which it did this week, you know. And I, I, I really worked on being kind to those people because it was out for almost two days. And uh, that meant my internet was out and uh, one of my telephone lines is on, is on that cable too. Can I say the cable company that did that? I won't mention, I'll, I'll be kind and I won't mention the, the uh, cable company that did that, but it, but I was pretty good to him with my friend. You know, I was, he was proud of me that I, I was, that was nice to him. Because I was thinking, what if that was a church member that, uh, uh, you know, that I'm talking to the representative and I don't know them, then come up on Sabbath and they say, well, well, I called you the other day, but boy, you were really nasty to me. Well, I'd hate that. I'd hate that. And I'd hate for Jesus to say, you know, you were really mean to that person. But uh, I, I, I've developed a few things. That we usually, uh, uh, let me see where I'm going right here. Okay, a lot of times I'll, uh, and I try to thank all of them, even though I don't want them to be on the line, I usually try to thank them. You know, that's my first point of not getting angry. Thank you for calling. And then I give them a reason for why I'm not going to buy their product. Well, the persistent ones, they'll come right back. Oh, well, you know, this, you know, that. No, well, what part of the no do you not understand? And, uh, uh, Window salesman, door window salesman. You know, I know so many people out here work for a company that, that, that manufactures windows and doors. But you're not on the telephone calling me, I don't think. But uh, they want to sell you new, new windows and new doors. I've got a really good answer to them anymore. I'll tell them, you know, you seal that house up so much, and they tell you, you know, it, it's, it, it cuts down your air conditioning bill and your heating bill, but you know, I'm afraid of that ozone gas. You know, ozone comes up from the grounds, and if you have your house all sealed up, that, uh, uh, you know, you might die of ozone poisoning. They, they can't say, well, they're not that good. You know, they're good, but they're not that good. You know, so anyway, and then on uh, lawn care people, I, uh, you know, every usually every late winter and early spring, uh, they're flooded with calls from different lawn companies wanting to poison your grass, you know, and, and uh, make you have what they say a pretty lawn. And I say, you mean you, you're going to kill those pretty little yellow flowers that come up in my yard, those pretty little blue flowers? You know, I've got the prettiest yard on the neighborhood, and you're wanting to, me to come out here, you want me to let you come out and poison my grass so I don't have these, po these pretty little flowers. So they, they take me off their list too, so anyway. But my business phone, I've got a, an office in my home too, and uh, a separate line for that, and I'm always getting calls. You know, somebody wants to talk to the owner or the manager or somebody, and I've developed a system. I say, listen, and I don't say it in these mean ways. I thank them for calling because I know they have a job to do, and uh, I tell them uh, this line is dedicated for my customers, for people to come 
to call me to set up a time to come clean our carpet or our upholstery or do repairs, and uh, I really am not at liberty to do that. Well, do you have another line that, that I can talk to the owner of the matter? Well, I'm not at liberty to do that. This is the order line, and uh, but I thank you for calling, and I will, I've got a deal going right now. I'll come out and clean your carpet. I can be out there Tuesday at 10 o'clock or Thursday at maybe 1 o'clock. Which would you prefer? Oh, no, no, no. Well, I do carpet repair. Surely you've got wrinkles in your carpet and you need it stretched or, or maybe the dog is chewed under the doorway and, and uh, you know, you need, need somebody to patch that. Uh, you know, well, they end up hanging up on me. But I, I feel good about the situation, that, uh, and I'm, I'm getting better at it. And uh, anyway, but that's life, you know. There's all kinds of situations. You come up with all type of things where, where you you could get bitter at someone and 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 uh, cut them off, and and uh, you know. But would you do that to Jesus? Would we do that to Jesus? If I knew it was Jesus, I'd probably be a little differently, but I'd, I'd still would try to be kind. I'd try to be kind to him. Ephesians uh, 4, chapter, Ephesians 4, verse 31, 32. Then all bitterness and practice this, you know, while we're doing that telephone stuff or whatever situation, somebody. Then all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind. Be kind. So many places in New Testament, Old Testament, both talk about kindness and gentleness. And, you know, uh, and I'm going to take the time to read a lot of the scriptures on that. And, and most of you already have scriptures in mind that you can quote verbatim. Anyway, and be you kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. You know, in another place it says, if, if we don't forgive our brethren of their sins or, or others of their trespasses, Jesus will not forgive us. God won't forgive us. So we need to be kind and one another, tender-hearted and forgiving, even if God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. So, And I wouldn't want God to back out on forgiving me. Uh, last scripture is Colossians Third chapter, excuse me, third chapter and verse 12 through 8. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved bowels of mercies. And, and mercy was the last message I gave here a couple, three weeks ago. Bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long suffering. Does that sound like 1 Corinthians 13 and some other places? Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against even, or any, even as Christ forgave you, so also you do. Verse 14, above all things, put on love or charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be you thankful. Have gratitude. Be gracious. Have gratitude. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. 
in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs like we've been doing a while ago, singing spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Have gratitude. And there are so many scriptures that talks about praying to God and how God loves your thanks, how God really loves our gratitude to him. And just like we're gratitude, we have we're we're very thankful when when somebody thanks us. We I, uh, a few years ago, some of our little young granddaughters uh, was walking. My wife, we were walking from their house up to their other grandmother's house, and just spontaneously, well, the little girl said, "I love you, Grandma." You know that was that was such such comfort, such joy. You know, would God say when we're driving down the street or something, he says, ah, I love you, God. You know, you're really good to me. I really thank you. Thank you for helping me out of the problem that I had, you know. And even though I had a problem, it, it could have been a whole lot worse. Thank you, God. I love you, you know. And I know you're giving me these things to help me to grow, to help me to be a, a, a help to other people so I can be encouragement to other people. Thank you, thank you, God, for helping me on that. And, uh, you know, and even the little granddaughters said the same thing to me not long ago. You know, they're up in their teens now. And they said, I love you, Grandpa. I mean, just out of, out of, I didn't give them something, you know, give them $10 or something. You know, they just said, I love you. You know, and I know God feels the same way about us, his little children, you know, like, we come to God like a little child, and I know God appreciates that. He loves our gratitude, our thankfulness, and we're thanking God today by being here. In conclusion, I want us to be thankful and show gratitude and kindness to one another, just like most of you are doing already.